0: Welcome to this week's episode of Multiplane Tales. This tale, called Force to Sunder, will be told by me, JC. And dear listener, if you want to share your story, you can send it to multiplane tales at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Rollin woke up suddenly breathing hard. He was covered in sweat. Taking some time to calm his nerves, he saw his pillow and blanket were drenched as well. The sun's rays illuminated the room. He could hear the birds chirping and the distant river crashing against the rocks. Overpowering the birds' chirpings was the sound of someone rapidly approaching his door. He held his blanket tighter. With no prior warning, the door swung open. His mother rushed into the room looking around. Rollin, is everything all right? I heard you scream. In her hands was a double sided dagger. She went around the room. She checked the closets, the windows, as well as under his bed. Rollins stayed in his bed waiting for his mom to finish her rounds. His parents were always a tad bit defensive when it came to his safety. His father would constantly check buildings before they would enter anywhere. He would also use magic to check whether or not food was poisonous when they were eating out. It often got annoying. He was rarely allowed to go on playdates with his friends from the town. New friends were out of the question. It was always kids of his parents friends he was allowed to visit. They were cool, but it was hard to completely get along with people you were forced to instead of the people that you wanted to even though Rollin would hate it. As a kid, he knew his parents did this because they loved him. What happened? She asked once more. Rollin looked down embarrassed. He did hate worrying his parents like that. I had a bad dream, he answered. It was scary. His mother leaned over to him and hugged him. It's okay, sweetie.
1: I'm here now. Tell me about it. I... I was alone in the house, but it was not like the normal house. It was empty. There were no dishes no clothes nothing i went around to look for you and daddy but i could not find you it was scary i checked all the rooms like three times then i looked out the window and there was only night not like when it's night outside i could not see anything there were no trees no stars and i could not hear the river it was just black i went to check the other windows But it was all like that, for all of them. The house was flying in blackness. When I tried to open the front door to see what was behind that one, it was locked or stuck. I tried pulling it. I tried pulling it when it was locked and when it was unlocked. It would just not open. I I felt so lonely. I screamed for you, for daddy, but no one answered. That is when I heard the front door unlock from the outside. I ran to it, but there was like an invisible wall stopping me from getting there. It, it kept me so far away. That is when the door opened, but it opened slowly, very slowly. Before it fully opened, I heard your voice and daddy calling my name. I, I was so happy. I tried to push the wall. I tried so hard. But I couldn't do it. It it was a strong wall. Then you and daddy came into the room. You guys didn't walk. You floated. Your feet did not even touch the ground. Your, your faces looked like you were in pain. Dad looked at me. I could see he was trying to put a brave face for me. But I could see it, mom. I could see you guys were hurting. He, he told me to run and hide but I couldn't leave you guys just floating there. You guys started crying too. Mom, you told me to hide to save myself. I didn't listen. I tried harder to push the wall, but I just couldn't. Then a scary voice spoke from the door. I could not see anybody there, but I heard it. It was louder than you guys. It was louder than my crying. It told me I would pay for the sins of you. It said that the lives that you guys turned to sunder would not end with you. Then you guys started screaming. Dad's legs twisted like a pretzel. His blood dripped to the ground. He yelled, but I couldn't do anything. You couldn't do anything. We just watched. It didn't stop at his legs. His arms twisted into his side. His face turned purple. Then his eyes popped out of his head. It was like there was a force pushing him from both ends. His body was squeezed together until it was about the size of me. It dropped to the ground. Mom, the sound it made is a sound I don't think I'll ever be able to forget. For you though, it was worse. Your your skin started peeling off. I could see your muscles and bones, but you could not scream. it looked like your mouth was glued together. I could see how much it hurt you in your eyes. I could do nothing. I, I didn't know what was going on. There, there was no knife or anything. It was the same force that killed Dad who was doing it to you. It was doing it so slowly. It wanted me to see. It wanted me to never forget. I wish I could tell you how I know, but I just do.
0: Rollins' mom pulled him deeper into a hug.
1: Oh, sweetie. I'm so sorry you had to go through that. Your father and I are here. We will always be with you, even if we're not there physically. And if you ever wanna talk about that or anything, we're here for you. But darling,
0: you still have to get ready for your day with Galdina. After holding his mom for a few more seconds, he pulled away and gestured for her to leave. She leaned and put her forehead to his. She smiled warmly and whispered, better change yourself in the bed. Don't worry, I won't tell your father. She rustled his hair and then left the room. Roland stepped out of his bed. His whole body was drenched. He realized that not all of it was sweat. He looked at where he was sitting to see a sizable yellow wet spot on his bed. His body slumped as he recognized he had peed in his sleep again. That had been the sixth time this moon cycle. His father had already replaced his sleeping mat because they could not get the smell out of the old one. Rollindir, his father, told him that he would be the one paying for the next one if he kept it up. He hoped his mother would have his back on this occasion, though. Unlike the other nights, that dream spooked him to his core. He was still shaking. The smell of pee knocked him out of his trance. He pulled the sheets from his bed and threw them in his used clothes bin. He would take care of those later. He took his clothes off and put on a robe to head to the washing room. Rollin was in the wash tub for a long time. Alone in there, his mind had too much time to ponder. Flashes of the nightmare kept invading his thoughts. He would just stand there and try to think about what that voice meant. He had an alright memory, and knew his parents would never hurt anybody. At least, not intentionally. His dad was a blanket merchant. On most days, his father would leave early in the morning to pick up blankets made by his mom and all their friends to sell in the nearby towns and the city of Mist Falls. Rollin has had the pleasure to accompany him on some of those trips, and his father was the best salesman out there. He once saw him convince a random tabaxi to buy the rest of his stock he had on him after a bad day of sales in the city. His wagon was still a quarter full yet the tabaxi bought all of them. They waited for a few hours for the tabaxi to call a friend to help him move all the merchandise. Bad days like that happened occasionally, but he was still the best around. On the other hand, Ziniana, his mom, would get together with the other local blanket makers to create said luxuries. When they weren't making or selling blankets, his parents would take him out on trips to the area around him. He had visited more places out of any of his friends. They were always jealous of the stories he would tell them. His parents were the most caring and loving people in all the world. He rarely ever saw them mad. The fear from the dream was shifting to anger. He hated that voice. He hated what it said. He hated liars. After some deep self-reflection, he got out of the washroom and got dressed. When he opened the door to his room, the smell hit him. He knew breakfast was ready. He strolled his way to the table. There was a nice little feast waiting for him, and his plate had already been fixed. He sat down in his chair to start eating. Not too long after, his mom joined after doing some clean-up. There was little to no conversation. Even though he had started eating first, his mom was catching up. She looked at him, raised her eyebrows with a smile, and took another bite. The challenge was issued. He sped up his eating. There was no way he was going to let her beat him. Rollins started shoveling food in his mouth instead of swallowing. That did not give him the edge he needed. His mother matched his speed until her plate was empty. He still had a bit of food left on his plate. His mouth was filled to the brim, and little bits of food are trying to escape it. Xeniana opened her mouth, stuck out her tongue, and showed him how she was completely done. She patted herself on the back. Disappointed, Rollin spit out the rest of his food onto his plate. Ew, said Xeniana. He took a deep breath and chugged down some water. I think I'm done, Mom, he said. Rollin took the plate off the food and emptied it into the waste bin. As he always did, he washed his plate and set it to dry, ready for dinner later that day. His mother helped him clean. Rollin, after your father and I are done working today, we're all going to play hide-and-seek after dinner, okay? Rollin cheered. Maybe you can win at that, she joked. Rollin pouted. I will beat you. They finished cleaning the kitchen. Rollin went and grabbed his little pack before they both headed into town. His mom talked and picked up the usual material from the townspeople and dropped him off at Galdina's house. While the adults did their boring jobs, he and Galdina played in her parents' backyard. Galdina was several years older than him, and she had already started school. She was special. She didn't go to the local learning center like all the other children. Her parents used the teleportation circle at the town center to send her to school a few times a week. His parents called her gifted. She was born with the natural ability to use magic. Whenever they would play, she would show him the different spells she had learned from school. She could make little sparks of flame appear on her fingertips. One time, they pranked her older brother by moving his stuff around with a ghost hand she had created. He thought he was going crazy. They still mock him about it to this day. Later in the day, the discussion of playing hide and seek came up. Galdina told him about a spell she had been trying to learn but just couldn't. She told him that it would be the perfect spell for a game like hide and seek. It would quiet their movements and draw the veil of shadows to the caster to make it more difficult for them to find. She pulled out the scroll. She explained to him that the scroll was loaded with the spell and that's how she was trying to learn it. Galdina handed it to Rollin. The moment his fingers touched the scroll, a warm feeling grew in his gut. He could not tell what the writing said, but he felt an affinity for it. Galdita noticed his focus. She told him to keep the scroll to see if he could uncover something that she had missed. Roland graciously accepted. He packed it into a satchel, then she continued showing off her spells. Before sundown, his mother returned to pick him up. He skipped his way on home, excited to beat his parents at hide and seek. When they arrived, his father was already there waiting for him. The furniture around the house had been moved. There were blanket forts and makeshift structures made of pillows and chairs. His mother looked at him. You best go hide. Daddy is already looking for you. He ran past his dad and looked around the reorganized abode. He dashed past what was once the kitchen and hid between one of the cabinet doors and a pillow. He was not there all but five minutes before his dad peeked his head directly in front of him. He would have hit his head against the cabinet if his father had not reacted fast enough and placed his head on top of his head. Careful there, son, he said. When hiding, make sure you cover your tracks. I just followed your money footprints here. Go, go hide again. For the next few hours, that is what they did. He would hide while his parents took turns fighting him, each time giving him tips on how to better improve his hiding. They had so much fun that they forgot about dinner and all went to bed exhausted but happy. That night, Roland fell soundly asleep, the dreams of the previous night not even crossing his mind. That morning, he woke up fully rested and restored, He put on his clothes and headed to the table to see what the day had in store for him. His mother was there as always, making breakfast. While eating, she told him how Galdina's family had to do an emergency move to the capital city of Irindale, and how he wouldn't see them for a long time. The remainder of that day, he spent time with his mom. They did their usual routes. Upon coming home later that day, he was astonished to see the house was once again rearranged with his dad there again. Go hide, his mom whispered in his ear. He did as she asked, and ran to find a hiding spot. This routine continued most days for years. Eventually, when Rollin was in his pre-teens, they opened the boundaries to the woods and the near lands around their home. Even then, it did not take long for his parents to find him. When it was his turn to seek his parents, he could spend hours looking for them with no result. Over the years, they taught him how to sneak past someone's guard, how to use objects in the vicinity to draw their attention, even how camouflaging with your surroundings can be better than finding a hiding spot. On his worst nights, he would look over the scroll Galdina had given him to try and figure it out. The better he became, the more he thought he could understand the scroll, but he had no proof of that. At this point, it had almost been 7 years since he had seen her to ask her any questions, plus he had no form of contacting her. On the day of the red sun, Roland had gone about his day, he ate breakfast and left for secondary school. His day was normal and uneventful. He returned home, not looking forward to what had been turned into stealth trading. He had met a girl he liked. But his overbearing parents would not let him take her out on a date before they met her parents he was not too happy with them for that once he got home his mother was standing at the door don't let me find you he sighed and ran behind the house there was no point in arguing this time he had a location in mind that they would never think of he had purposely left tracks going in a perpendicular direction to a spot the tracks stopped at the foot of an oak tree that was a good distance from his home he made a few marks with his dagger to look like he had attempted to climb the tree. After making it look like he had failed multiple times, he effortlessly maneuvered to the top. He leaped from branch to branch, cautiously making sure he was not leaving a trail behind. He reached a crack in a tree that he could fit into easily. From there, he had a good vintage point of the decoy tree. An hour passed before he saw his mom find the decoy tree. She looked around it suspiciously. She was not fully fooled, as she did not even attempt to climb the tree before turning back and running in the direction of the house. He waited there for another three hours. This was the longest he had gone without being caught. His stomach had started rumbling. Deciding this was his first victory, he hopped down his spot and ran to his house. When he arrived, there was a crowd around his home. The local investigators were blocking the entrance. He approached them. What's going on? He asked. No one is allowed there, kid. This is now a crime scene. I live here, Rollin pleaded. A pained expression flashed across the investigator's face. I'm sorry, kid. But there's been a murder, two to be exact. We are still trying to identify them from what's left of their bodies. With tears in his eyes, he tried to push past the investigators to get into the house. The one he was talking to called for reinforcements to hold him back. I, I need to see them, he cried. Kid, kid, I, n- I know what you're feeling, but this is an active crime scene. You can't just interrupt. Halfway through the investigator's sentence, a blue line that started at the door made a circle around the building. A wall of blue energy grew from the circle and formed into a dome, with the house in the center. What the heck, said the investigator. Out of nowhere, hundreds of bolts of lightning appeared inside the dome, striking everything in sight. There were a couple of guards that came running out of the house pounding on the dome, but they couldn't escape. It wasn't long before they were also struck by multiple bolts. Their bodies fell to the ground, charred and lifeless. The crowd stood around dumbfounded. As quickly as it appeared, the dome vanished, leaving Rollin's home on fire with burnt bodies of the guards outside. Dismayed, Rollin turned around and ran. At first, he hid around the town until he heard the investigator force was looking for him. He stayed hidden until he could leave that town. For the next few years, he stayed hidden, living off what he could find and take without anyone noticing. Randomly, one night, after cooking a rabbit over a fire, he heard,
1: Hey Ra, it's Galadina.
0: I know we haven't seen each other in a long time, but if you're ever in Yurndale City, come find me at the Croftloft Library. We need to catch up. There's also something I think you could help me with. Hope to see you soon. You cannot respond to this message. With nowhere else to go, or no one to call a friend, Rowling got what little belongings he had and caught a carriage to Yurndale City. An old friend was waiting for him. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Multiplane Tales. If you want to share your story, you can send it to tales at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this tale, share it with your friends, family, and adventuring party. And if you can, please leave a review to help this reach the entirety of the planes of existence. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter for teasers and updates. Again, thanks for listening, and return in a fortnight for the next episode. That's two weeks. Bye.